Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob. You, sir, are? Hello, and good morning. My name is Ed. Man, that song makes me want to drive down the freeway with my Glock exposed. <laughs> are you going to hold it sideways? I might. The way it comes out of the box. <laughs> sir, have we determined what we're going to call you yet? No, not yet. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm just unnamed. 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 Welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you. We're I very, appreciate it. We're very happy to have you. So, <laughs> I know, man. The summers are... Uh, Letting me travel and do some things that I normally can't do, and I'm enjoying the shit out of it. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's good for the soul. It is. It is, man. This is, is totally different from what I usually do on my podcast. So, but unfortunately for y'all, man, I've got uh, I, I dove in. Yeah, no, no, we're we're glad. We're happy that you dove in. So. I'm like drowning in the deep end of the pool, just looking around like they coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> man, I was reading over a whole bunch of shit last night on what we're going to talk about today, and it's uh, it's so crazy because so much of it kind of resonates with with growing up in the 90s too i know and that's the, and we'll get into it but that's the one thing to grow up in that when this happened and you really it was kind of just oh this happened today and it they just kind of glossed over it and then you someone brings it up and you kind of look into it and i this sidebar here on this but i feel like i wish i was at a point then where i'm at now where when you find something you search for what's the true story? Yeah, what's the true story about? It? Yeah, and do yeah. your own research. I think that's the biggest thing, especially to, in today's atmosphere. You, you're bombarded with all this crap through the media, through social media, and everything. But you still have to be like, mm, I, don't, I don't really think that's true, man. There's way more to it. Yeah. Way more to it. And I think yeah. also just life experiences that you go through, shit goes down, and you're like. You've been screwed in your, and nobody believes your side of the story. So I'm more like when I read stuff, I'm like, I wonder what that side says. And mm-hmm. so then you start researching and then you get a bigger picture. And, but for me, you know, then I'm like smoking cigarettes and I got string tied to every doorknob and pins <laughs> everywhere in the map. I'm like, God almighty, how did this happen? How do we go from here to here? And nobody went to jail. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did y'all do Memorial Day weekend? We just had Memorial Day weekend. Uh, everybody have a festive weekend. Drank beer. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, I had steak and twice baked potatoes, and somebody drank twelve of my beers in four hours. Those son of a bitches. I got up the next morning, was gonna clean out the cooler, and there's nothing but ice. If I find that motherfucker, well, I'm gonna tell you something. Somebody was smoking pot in my garage <laughs> <laughs> that whole weekend. We did. Man, we had um, we got a little quick trip to a to a lake uh, up in Tennessee. You know, Brittany's uh, friends, uh, fiance's family, I think owns the lake, so, or not the lake, but the property. It's really nice, super nice. So we go up there and they've got a boat. And uh, usually on Memorial Day weekend, it's super hot and you're enjoying it. It was fucking freezing cold this year. So yeah, it was. I, I'm li- I'm literally out on a boat. Okay, on a pontoon boat and a pair of Adidas sweatpants and a and a hoodie, and uh, I thought I would take you know I had on a, a like a, a tank top underneath that, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna take this off and get some sun. I took it off, man. I got so me and Brittany both got so wind burned, like the yeah. wind was howling and like my face was all red. Um, but uh, the good thing that did happen is I found that Paps Blue Ribbon Coffee Stout. Dude, it tastes just like uh, a yuhu. It tastes just like a yuhu. Oh that's wow, not, that's not it, good. You can, I can't uh-huh. find them around here. And luckily, I found a last. You buy them in four packs, and I bought one uh, last one the dude had at the gas station. 
And, uh, I mean, you, you straight up can pound those things oh, and, yeah. and they're like 5%. So you should not <laughs> pound them. So I drink about 16 of them, become a real name in my subdivision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's Ed in this fancy gay beard. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like a, you, you don't like you who's, but, uh, <laughs> it's Pat's mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you coming straight from the trailer park with double wides <laughs> fancy shit so um king size for the king <laughs> hell yeah i got a water bed <laughs> full motion <laughs> you ever slept on a water bed it's the worst yeah. experience in my life you ever took one down no it's even oh worse oh my god look my buddy had one when we was in high school and i spent the night with him and he uh if you if you got over to the side and got your arm caught between the the water mattress and the piece of wood, uh, like the frame, they were, you could, was, you're stuck. Like you're, you're fucking there. You could lose that arm. Yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> or you're not getting out of that bed anytime. Yeah. No, 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 you're there. It's, That's yeah, where stuck there. porn originated. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> <God damn. laughs> but I want to. I got to tell y'all, I got to finish this, this, this story about the lake. So we go to the lake and we're staying in a loft and we've got some of our kids and uh, we got Brittany's best friend and her fiance and then her fiance's sister and her her husband. And we're all in this loft and we're sleeping on an air mattress and uh, there's a couple of air mattresses in there. This place is really nice. So, so I'm laying there asleep and I hear some water running and I'm like, what the hell is that noise? And so I poke Brittany. I was like, hey. What was that noise? And uh, one of the dudes had got so drunk, so oh, drunk. Oh, he pissed. He's standing in the middle of the loft, oh, pissing on the floor. And I, and his his fiance jumps up and she's like, "Oh my god!" And then like, uh, old buddy's just standing there swaying, holding his weenie, like peeing, <laughs> peeing all over the floor, you know. And I'm just like, I'm like, if fucking piss gets on me, we're leaving right now. Somebody's getting, somebody's getting punched and we're leaving right now so don't think man. we're getting invited back sweetie but here's here's the deal she threw some towels down on the floor the 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 fiance threw some towels down on the floor and this man pissed for five minutes like it never never stopped pissing just like i was like austin power yeah dude it was it was like it was like uh what was that ogre on revenge of the nerds at the pisser like i mean he never want to be the guy swaying holding you wiener that ruined peewee herman's career (laughs) 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 i meant to do that Holy shit. That's good stuff. But yeah, so luckily nobody got pissed off. I told I told Brittany the next morning, I was like, fuck, I woke up. I thought I was trapped at R. Kelly's house again <laughs> in the brown room. <laughs> I was like, just let me out. You want a teenage girl. <laughs> no, that's true. He was pissing on everybody. <laughs> he was. He was. <laughs> it robs the fence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I keep thinking about the Dave Chappelle skit. I was going yelling, "This doo doo baby!" <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was uh, it was an eventful uh, trip. I, I had a um, you know wind burned body and uh, a fucked up back, and 
pissy smelling blanket. Yeah, but it, I, but we came home and everybody's better from it. So, but you looked happy, man. I was gonna comment on one of you, your photos when you, you posted. Uh, man, you look happy, Rob. You yeah. look happy as hell. Well, I appreciate it. We yes, was, sir. It was. It's all a facade. Don't believe the uh, thing you said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anxiety's a bitch. Anxiety. <laughs> I always look like this when I'm scared. <laughs> but now no, we had a good time. Though. We really did. It was fun. Despite getting almost getting pissed on, it was uh, it was eventful. <laughs> I caught two fish. It was good. So yeah, it's, matters, it. it's, better, so. it's better than what I did. I can catch Come shit. Come home, hungover, smelt like piss, <laughs> smelt like fish. I mean, as, as usual, <laughs> when weekend. I was single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's every weekend. So, wait. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to get in so much trouble. Um, so, we, the reason I thought about this story, uh, for whatever reason, do you guys ever remember Maxim Magazine? Do y'all remember when that came oh, out? Oh, yeah. So Maxim Magazine came out, if you're not familiar with it. It was a magazine. Uh, it was kind of like on the lines of, it was almost like, like it, it was making Playboy, a run for the month, you know, Playboy. It was making a run at Playboy. Um, they didn't show completely nude women in it, but they had these young starlets that are coming up. Uh, like I think, I'm trying not to remember certain editions uh, they had, but I remember Jennifer Love Hewitt was in one of them. Oh, and, Vita anyways, Guerrera. Yeah, so people like that, uh, these young starlets that are getting in a, you know, they just did bikini beat shots and stuff like that. I think the chick, Kelly Kapowski, I'll fucking say whether Bell was in there, maybe. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah. I think Britney Spears did it. Uh, The chick, man, I can't remember this girl's name. She was on The Girl Next Door, the blonde-headed girl. Remember her? Yeah. Alicia. Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She married a hockey player. She was Apparently, she was really hard to work with on set. That's why she don't do movies anymore. Well, apparently, I don't apparently. know. There's a lot of those. So. My perverness is coming in handy right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank God Ed's here. <laughs> Name <laughs> dropper. But uh, so so Maxim is basically anything a guy would like. Uh, and then it had really pretty women in it. They weren't naked. but And then they had stories, you know, gadgets, gizmos. Uh, I think they even had uh, things on guns at that time. It wasn't yeah. so crazy liberal then. Um, but the one story that stuck out, there was two stories that stuck out in my mind. One of them was the family that used to kidnap uh, runaways and uh, drifters, they, uh, females. Uh, the female in the family would strike up a conversation at the bar or, 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 or pretend to be uh, helpful, wanting to help them. And they actually took them back to this little trailer they had and, and put them on a, uh, on a, what was that, a hospital bed? Like a, like a, yeah, in that, like well, a that gynecologist was, table. It was, uh, that, it was like a, what's that? Tra- like a transfer truck trailer yeah. shipping container yeah shipping container yeah and, they, like, and they tortured women and, and, and murdered them and they actually threw video their bodies videotaped it. it all like there's like a ton of snuff films from it. so that one stuck Jeez. out in my mind and another one that stuck out in my mind was uh, when we uh, I learned about the Rampart Division in Los Angeles Police Department back in 19, the 1990s so um, tons of corruption there um, these cops were were they they built a task. They started a task force <clears throat> called the Crash Unit, and it was a community resource against street hoodlums. It was uh, the synonym, so or acronym. Did I say that right? That's yeah. right. Yeah, okay, community okay. resource against street hoodlums. So um, they started this division to kind of combat gangs. Well, this this group of guys was pretty much a, a, a feared gang in itself. And so what they were, there were over seventy guys that had participated in illegal activity uh, stemming from shootings, uh, beatings, uh, uh, planting false evidence at crime scenes. <clears throat> they uh, would uh, steal and deal drugs. 
bank, bank robbery. robbery, perjury, uh, rape, extortion, and homicide. And this is the police department, fellas. Yeah. That and this was in the 90s. Unit. This yeah. was just a, yeah, this was a crash. And as of 2019, the full extent is still unknown. And several rape, homicide, and robbery investigations involving those officers still remain unsolved. Unsolved, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how, and the thing is, if you research it, uh, Training Day and L.A. Confidential, both are based off of this whole thing. Right. And another show, I don't know if you guys ever used to watch The Shield with yeah. Michael Chiklis. Yeah. That was based completely off that, uh, it was based, well, we say loosely, Robbery Homicide but, Division. But the yeah. Robbery Homicide Division. I mean, it's every single thing that uh, if you go back and rewatch The Shield and kind of put, you know, it's kind of like, what is it put on? Uh, what is it? Uh, the Wizard of Oz and yeah. the Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. It's pretty much going to tell the story. So, um, but yeah, that was a, and that was a good show. That was a really good show, but, but that was pretty much based off of uh, the crash unit. So, yeah. And the guy that, that would basically blow the whistle when he got arrested stated that 90% of the crash officers were in the loop. So you're looking at 70 officers that got caught. So there's looking 20 more that got out of it scot-free. But he claims that his superiors were aware of and encouraged the officers to engage in misconduct. The goal of the unit was to arrest gang members by any means necessary. And then he described how crash officers were awarded plaques for shooting civilians and suspects with extra honors if such persons were killed, right. So, so you got a if you if you wounded somebody, you got a red plaque. If you killed somebody, you got a black. You got the black plaque. That was prestigious. That's the one that everybody wanted. Yeah, and they uh, every officer carried what they called war bags, and in the war bag were spare guns that they could plant on civilians and suspects to avoid responsibilities for murdering somebody yeah. in the street. Yeah. And he's on record stating that the crash motto was, quote, we intimidate those who intimidate others, end quote. This is the police department, people. Yeah. The police department. And they would get together at Echo Park near Dodger Stadium and celebrate the shootings. And that's where they would hand those plaques out like you talked about. And it was like it was open getting a badge. Yeah, getting a badge at, when you was in the scouts. Yeah. And supposedly there was one lieutenant in the Rampart Division that uh, stated that all the officers had tattoos of the crash logo, which was a skull with a cowboy hat encircled with poker cards depicting depicting the dead man's hand, aces and eights. Yeah. This, I mean, this is the this is the police department. I mean, and you know, we live on the East Coast, and so when we we would see things about the LA riots and and all the things that go on in LA, uh, you know, all the all the terrible stories of like police brutality and stuff like that. You know, it's you know, it didn't really hit hard here because it's going on there. You know, yeah, so nobody yeah. really unless you were in that area or from that area, you really didn't it didn't draw that much attention. Of course the uh, the the LA riots, you know, that that was that was uh international news, but uh this is the kind of stuff that goes back to you you think about these things are going on uh, and then you look at the LA riots and you, you know, you kind of, it, it all kind of, everything comes to a head at some point, I think. And everybody was upset with the Rodney King beating, but if it hadn't have been for that guy videotaping it, nobody would have knew. Nobody would have known. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a everyday thing, everyday occurrence in LA, you know, yeah. nobody would have ever knew. So, um, let's get into some of these, these, uh, 
these situations that some of these uh, shady – we're going to go kind of give a rundown on some of the players in this thing. So the first one was Rafael Perez. He went by Ray, and he was the main person at the center of the scandal. In 1998, he was arrested for stealing cocaine from a police evidence room. After his trial ended in a – You can't do that? Yeah. That's illegal? (laughs) After his trial ended in a hung jury, prosecutors traced more drug thefts to Ray. And faced with mounting evidence, he cut a deal. And he – agreed to testify about police misconduct in exchange for a five-year prison sentence. Oh. After reviewing more than 1,500 arrests, Ray identified 91 cases that were, quote, bad shootings, fabricated evidence, and he implicated himself, his partner, Nino Durden, and then ultimately he implicated 70 officers and basically 100 wrongful criminal convictions that were overturned and millions of dollars paid out in settlements. Yeah. And when you talk about you got 106 prior convictions overturned, you got 140 civil, uh, civil suits, um, to the tune of $125 million paid out in settlements in, uh, in, in these people that have been shot, killed, um, wrongfully accused uh locked up without a reason i mean all i these... saw one of an interview with one of the big drug dealers at the time and he said his people were getting popped with drugs knowing that they were out in public not to carry anything and so basically all the drug dealers kind of went to the lapd and was like look man you got some shady stuff going down mm-hmm. and if drug dealers come to you and say something's going down wrong then and it was one. It was basically a slow trickle. One drug dealer, then another, and then another, then another. And then when Perez testified, they're like, "Well, shit, that stuff's true, man." Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the whole thing is what you said. Exactly what you said. If if the drug dealers and the in the gangs, the gang members are coming to the police department and saying, "Hey, y'all stealing our shit. We want it to stop." That's a that's a huge problem, yeah. man. Because they're not. They never go to the police for help. No, never, because no. they know it's it's a lost cause. Yep. They're never going to the police for help. So, um, I'm going to talk about uh, back March 18th of 1997. You got Kevin Gaines road rage shootout. Uh, March 18th, 1997, LAPD. Um, uh, Frank Liga shot and killed Rampart Crash Officer Kevin Gaines in a quote unquote self defense uh, following a car chase. Um, in a in a apparent road rage incident, um, you know, according to uh, Liga and witnesses, uh, Gaines had pulled up beside him. Uh, I don't know if it was a red light or a stop sign, but and he pulls up beside him uh, and starts flashing gang signs. Okay, you driving down the road, flashing gang signs. You ever played around trying to do gang signs? It'd be kind of hard to drive a car and do that. Yeah, yeah well, safely. And, and really, you're going to drive around L.A. and just flash gang signs? Throwing up gang signs? You're asking to get shot at because yeah. they don't play. Mm-hmm. So, And this is how bad it is. Uh, Liga or Liga was a white officer, and he kills a black officer. Right. If that shit went down today, all of California would have burned. It would be on fire. It, yeah, yeah, it burnt to the ground. But uh, apparently gangs followed Liga. Uh, and then he pulled out a forty-five, and Liga took out his gun and called for backup. And he said, I got a problem, uh, quote, unquote, I have a problem. I got a black guy in a green Jeep coming up, and he's got a gun. Uh, pulled up a stoplight. Uh, Liga later testified that he heard Gaines shout out that he was going to cap him. 
Uh, Liga fired his uh, his weapon, his Beretta, uh, his own duty his own duty weapon, uh, police issued weapon into the SUV, uh, striking it twice. Uh, one of the bullets lodged in the heart of Liga and radioed one final transmission. I just shot the guy and I need help. Get up here. League reports that Gaines was uh, the first to pull the gun, and in the response, it was just self-defense. And he got off. And he got away with Scott it. Scott free. free. Um, but here's here's a here's a little twist of fate. In the interview, uh, his training experience, this guy, uh, I'm a gang member. He had I'm a gang member written all over him, and inside his car was Death Row's greatest hit CD. Um, and guess who Kevin Gaines was sleeping with at the time. A little foreshadowing. Oh, okay. Who you got? Sharitha Knight. Oh, hmm. the the main squeeze. Main of squeeze. Shug Knight. Oh, okay. All right. So, so when we we go back and we take a look, they found the Death Row's greatest hit CD. Um, <clears throat> it, it starts there. There's you start seeing that connection where where Gaines is involved with with Death Row Records and Shug Knight, and we're gonna we're gonna break this. Excuse me. We're going to break this up in a, in a couple of different episodes, so we're not going to get into the whole death row thing, uh, which which later transpires into Tupac and Biggie, that whole thing that went down. Um, but we but we are going to cover that on, on a on a future episode. So we're going to do a couple of parts on this. Um, so when investigators learned about the death row records, which alleged association with a blood street gang. Uh, and they were hiring off-duty, um, sec- off-duty uh, LAPD for you know security. They're paying them seventy-five dollars an hour. Seventy-five dollars an hour just to basically be security. Yeah, and they're not they're not making that much being no. and working for the police department. I guarantee you that. No. So, um, once uh, Liga's shooting was investigated, uh, and he was again he was acquitted. Uh, within three days, um, the Gaines family retained Johnny Cochran, uh, world-renowned O.J. Simpson attorney. If that don't fit, you must, must quit. That's right. Uh, we got, uh, and they filed a wrongful death lawsuit against uh, the LAPD uh, for $25 million. The city, the city eventually settled uh, with Cochran uh, for $250,000. But we'll settle for $250,000 right a, now. And a forty. <laughs> yes. So... And be on our way. <laughs> it was that uh, was that Ezel on Friday. Yeah, I said out of court with forty. <laughs> um, uh, Liga was angry that the city settled the settled, denying him a chance to fully clear his name. Um, uh, he had been mattered, uh, had been submitted for uh, determination with family in favor of the city of Los Angeles. Uh, Schaller's letter alleged, alleged that for political reasons and for setting the case. Uh, uh, oh man, I really bodged that up. Uh, I would go back. Judge Shotler wrote the letter. Uh, wrote a letter to LAPD Chief uh, Bernard Parks, stating he had he had mat- had the matter been submitted to me before the termination, I would have found in favor of the city of Los Angeles. Shotler's letter alleged uh, political reasons for settling the case, namely City Attorney James K. Hines' plan for run for mayor and his desire. Uh, to court black voters. So you got judges involved on this thing too. The judges are involved. It's, it's a big political play too. So, I mean, it goes, 
it goes so deep into it, so deep into the corruption with the political system, with the judicial system, with the police department, with the communities. Like, there's people. I mean, you were talking about before this. If you go back and look at Compton's history, Compton, and that's the thing. I, I watched a documentary called Tupac Assassination. It's two hours long, and I'm about halfway through it. But for the first 45 minutes, they do a history of Compton. Compton was so corrupt that the state took over the school board because of the corruption. They fired the mayor, who was eventually exonerated, which I don't see how. But they dissolved the Compton Police Department. Dissolved it. Did away with it. I mean, do you know how bad you got to screw up? To have your police department dissolved. <laughs> well, you know, we even talked about this a little bit before we even before we got started on this episode. You got a corrupt police system. You got a corrupt uh, board of education. It's kind of the same thing that's going on in Atlanta last year. If you look at all those teachers and uh, the people on the board, I forgot what county it was. Um, that was uh, Fulton, I think. Was it Fulton County? Or, they, or Clayton. It, I, I can't remember, but I know that they were they were lying on test scores. They were lying. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, don't don't correct me if I'm wrong. You may know this or may not know this mysterious guy over here. Uh, if the grades are up, the school gets more money from the state, correct? And from yeah. the federal government. Yep. So these, these people in Atlanta, in Atlanta, were lying about test scores and grades. Uh, and they all got caught. They all got caught, you know. But still, how long did it go on before they got caught? That's right. I mean, you just take a look at what's going on in uh, in Los Angeles. And, and the deal with Compton, that was about, you said, back in the 70s. Late 70s, early 80s. It was it was mid, mid-80s when they dissolved the police department. And it was no big deal back then because supposedly the county sheriff's office just kind of took over. You know, there's always overlapping. And in our county, you know, we have the county, the city, and then the state. They mm-hmm. all kind of overlap so if one and they report to one one figurehead i guess and so if one kind of goes down it's not like the the policing is going to go by the wayside but i mean for you i I was just flabbergasted at the fact that you can screw up so bad and the guy that was doing the the interview he interviewed a former judge and the judge said you know it's to dissolve a police entity means that you can't find a new chief or new recruits to clean house. That's how corrupt the whole city was. Man. And that's just Compton. And that's yeah. before uh, Rampart. And if you're bringing people in, like you're bringing people in from the outside, those people have got targets on their backs. Big they're time. They're not safe. No. Yeah. No, no, no. They're not safe at all. No, but, you know, Liga couldn't, he couldn't keep his hands out of the cookie pot because a month after he's cleared, He's found with a pound of cocaine that was booked in evidence from a previous bust in the LAPD property room. And kind of going back to Compton, the guy that was over the property room in Compton just walked out, turned his badge in. He didn't want to face nothing. I'll just leave. Yeah, I'm good. They found 75 pounds in a locker. I don't see, I don't see how you find that's a Colombian of, bam bam. That's a lot of damn cocaine. And that locker was stuffed full. Yeah, but he, you know, I don't know how that got there. Wasn't me. It ain't, <laughs> you know, and you when we think about it like this too, you got seventy five pounds of cocaine stuffed in a locker. It wasn't in a gym bag and got tossed in there. It had to be placed in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
How many people saw this guy shoving cocaine in a logger? 75 pounds of it. Yeah. Well, probably the guy that was shoving more in a locker beside him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's crazy, man. It blows my mind. Uh, but, uh, we'll go, we'll go to another incident. Uh, February 26th of, uh, 1998, you got the Rampart station beating. <clears throat> uh, Rampart crash officer Brian Hewitt brought, uh, Ismail Jimenez, uh, Jimenez. Did I say that right? It sounds like I'm saying mayonnaise, but it's, I'm sure it's Jimenez. Uh, a member of the 18th Street gang into the Rampart Police Station for questioning. According to crash officer Rafael Perez, uh, recorded testimony, Hewitt got off on beating suspects. Good thing he, he didn't get off on beating suspects. Uh, in the course of questioning, he beat and handcuffed Jimenez in the chest and stomach until he vomited blood. After his release, Jimenez went to the emergency room and told doctors he had been beaten by Hewitt and his partner, Daniel Luane, okay, uh, while in custody. Uh, following investigation, Hewitt was fired from the police department. Jimenez, Ye- why is it so hard for me to say that fucking name? Jimenez was awarded $231,000 in a civil settlement with Los Angeles. Um, Hewitt served time in federal prison for distribution of drugs and conspiracy, conspiracy to commit murder and has since been released. Okay, let's hold on. This dude gets beat up and uh, they settle out of court with him for $231,000. This other dude gets shot, shot in his vehicle, chased down and shot in his vehicle, and they only gave him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So, what? I don't understand it. Well, you know, Ray's or Rafael Perez's. Uh, I think Ezel was was uh, the defense attorney or the was the attorney on that other on that other one. He's like two hundred fifty thousand in a forty <laughs> in a forty. <laughs> but Nino Durden was uh, Perez's uh, partner, and. They uh, supposedly he shot, framed, and then testified against Javier Ovando in 1996. And he, Ovando was a 19 year old gang member. They arrested uh, Nino in July of 2000, and Durden would plead down to 10, plead down. <laughs> he pled down to 10 state and federal charges, including false arrest of Ovando, and got up to eight years in prison, but he was released after six. Hey, you know, put your time in, you know, good behavior and all that kind of stuff. Those guys deserve a second chance. <laughs> I, would, I just, and, and we'll go back to the, the cocaine, the whole cocaine stealing that evidence room thing. Uh, you, did you read where they replaced the cocaine with? Bisquick. Yeah. How pissed off are you if you're getting a nose oh, full man. of Bisquick? Bisquick. I read that and I was like, are you fucking kidding you're me? You're coughing up biscuit though. You're like, oh, what? I didn't burn right. When it went in, I don't know. I got dough balls in my Yeah, you're you're blowing your nose. Sausage balls are coming. You I'm not you, high you got, and I can't breathe. You got fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you're just blowing. I'm suffocating and feel like shit. And it's like, and from that moment on, I never ate chicken and dumplings ever again. <laughs> God dang it. Oh, man. Oh, well, another uh, partner of Perez, Mr. David Mack, was convicted in uh, November of 97. <laughs> when he took $722,000 from a Bank of America branch in L.A. Two days after the bank robbery, he took a gambling trip to Las Vegas with two other police officers, including Perez. And in, in the course of investigating this bank robbery, detectives developed leads that caused them to believe that the time that Mac was mm, 
may be responsible for a very uh, famous shooting on the East Coast. Mm. We, we, that's a little foreshadowing. A little keep foreshadowing. Y'all, keep y'all coming baby. in. <laughs> baby, baby, baby. <So. laughs> oh. <laughs> but we'll go to uh, to a whole other thing, too. Um, you got, uh, there was a lot of framing going on, and we're not talking about building houses. They're framing folks left and right out there. <laughs> Uh, Perez framed four members of the Temple Street Gang uh, as being associated with the murder of the Mexican Mafia member uh, Miguel Lizard. Is it Mal? God dang it. Why don't I always get these down? Um, Sound it out. Malvon. Yeah, Malvon. <laughs> there we go. Malvon. I'm good with that. Sound it out. Hooked on phonics didn't work for me. Uh, this, instant, uh, this incident took place at a McDonald's on uh, Alvarado Street uh, where... Four supposed members were planning to kill uh, Lizard. I'm calling him Lizard because I can say that. And it, because they, they were trying to collect the taxes from the gang. Um, Perez found that a witness, a material witness that had blood on her dress, and she named four gang members uh, from the Temple Street. He repeatedly changed the names of the main killer and ended up framing Anthony Stymie Adams as one. Not Stymie. As one who <laughs> fatally shot Lizard in the head with a rifle in a neighboring apartment. So they got stomach. They got stomach. <laughs> he got pinched. <laughs> pinched. <laughs> so this. So they set this guy up. Uh, this uh, Anthony Stomy Adams. Uh, they set him up with this this freaking uh, murder that he, he was not even a part of. So, well, th- what's funny is the only in my research the only female involved in this cast of clowns clowns yeah. was uh, Veronica Quesada. And in the their investigation of Ray Perez's cocaine thefts, can you get that with a side of rice and beans? I wanted. To, I was like, is it queso or quesada? <laughs> <laughs> the detective discovered that uh, Perez had called the apartment of his girlfriend Veronica's quesada on many occasions, including directly before and immediately after he stole six pounds of cocaine from the LAPD property room. In searching her apartment. Investigators found money, drug paraphernalia, and a photo of Perez dressed like a blood gang member and throwing blood gang signs. Perez's involvement with Casada and her brother, Carlos Romero, a huge cocaine dealer in L.A., helped prosecutors solidify the case against Perez initially. And it was later learned that Casada had traveled to Vegas with Perez and Mac just two days before Mac robbed that bank in 97. I, I just you keep reading this stuff and you're like, oh, they're making this shit up. But you can't, man. You, there's no way you can make. Reality like, is stranger than fiction. We it goes back to the whole thing we talk about every time we talk about movies. Man, it's so much art imitates life. Yep. And uh, there's Perez. You know, Denzel's character is ba- based off Perez, right? And there's probably, and I think League is based off a of Chickless yeah. uh, character in the Shield. Yeah. Yeah. I would see. I could see that. Because in the shield, he kills his partner. Well, there's another one. Uh, the last one I have on the cast of clowns is Brian Liddy. And he was one of the first police officers charged with criminal wrongdoing based on Perez's testimony. Liddy and three other officers were charged with making false arrests, filing false arrest reports, and conspiracy to obstruct justice. In November of 2000, Liddy and two other officers were found guilty of False, false reporting and conspiracy charges. But the trial judge, concerned about the sufficiency of evidence and the basis 
for the jury verdict overturned the verdict. So, like you said, it don't stop. No, they've got everybody's. Everybody's got their hands in it, dude. Everybody. Bosch, if you've ever watched Bosch, mm-hmm. he's robbery homicide. Mm-hmm. All of those episodes, you can see the corruption, how they play each other, have videos of each other. I mean, we on our podcast did uh, an episode with someone. I can't remember what episode it was. It was, a, it was either an unsolved murder or something, but they, the LAPD botched it then. But that's the thing. The LAPD has been plagued by corruption. The O.J. Simpson murder crime scene was 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 tampered. It was all messed up. It was it was ran completely. I mean, I, 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 vision, I envision yeah, people in there people in there fucking stomping around with a weed whacker uh, and like with a garden hose cleaning blood up yeah. before anybody I even mean, came and measured. Yeah, you got Cato Caitlin on the witness stand. You ain't got shit. No, no, no. no. And they knew it. <laughs> yeah, they're good. He's our star witness. Well, we're fucked. Yeah. We know where some of that. We know where some of those pounds of cocaine were yeah. going yeah, up his ass. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he's like, how many booty bumps do I get if I say this? But the thing with that, though, is I envision that crime scene like your story at the lake. Mm-hmm. I just see like some drunk police officer just pissing on blood evidence. Yeah. Yeah. With his pecker out. Yeah. yeah. Swaying. Yeah. <laughs> or he's walking around. like Somebody's walking around the corner going, look, I found me some new gloves. <laughs> no, <Nah>, stupid. <laughs> They get got jelly on them or something. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh man, Jesus! But there, I mean, there's other parts of this that we're going to get into on a, on a future episode. I just wanted to run down um, the effects of uh, we talk about art Im- art imitating life. Uh, we're going to go. I'm going to take a look at some of the pop culture and uh, aftermath and, and and we start with in 2002 uh, television show The Shield. We talked about that. Um, then we go to um, we go to a film uh, in two thousand four. Uh, the film Crash. Have y'all seen Crash? Mm-mm. No, but That's I've heard it was great. a fantastic a movie. movie. Um, black police officer shot by an off-duty white officer. Uh, in turn of events similar to Kevin Gaines, a black officer found shot uh, by by a white police officer. So. Uh, action thriller uh, thriller movie cellular which i did not see uh is a plot involving uh, corrupt la cops uh one of my all-time favorite things to do uh back in the past was to play grand theft auto oh san yeah. andreas so that there, there's a there's characters and scenarios in there we were actually doing uh missions with uh with a crash officers yeah. uh using their motto intimidate those who intimidate others and it's spoken directly by one of these characters um, you take a look at the movie Faster in 2010 with Billy Bob Thornton when he was not swinging the sling blade. Um, <laughs> you got uh, I call it cocaine. Some people call it Mexican quick. bam bam. Some people call it best quick. I call it cocaine. Y'all got any more than best quick biscuits? <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the one of the best the best movies I think uh, that we had to uh, kind of tie this Rampart scandal into was uh, Training Day. Um, man, that was a great movie. If you never seen Training Day with Denzel and Ethan Hawke, great movie. That was a little snippet at the beginning. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out Training Day. Uh, and then you got NWA's bit, uh, bibliographical film, Straight Outta Compton, uh, where there was a scene uh, during the studio session where Dr. Dre recognizes police officers presumed to be David Mack and Rafael Perez among Suge Knight's entourage. So again, a little foreshadowing there. Um, 
we are going to definitely dig deeper into uh, the connections that the crash unit had in uh, some of the other bullshit they did uh, to cause problems all over the United States, really. So. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so kind of, you know, wrapping things up, but going back over the timeline. So let's, you know, we've talked about the road rage shooting with Liga. Oh, wait, Gaines. I got, I got one more. There's one more thing. One more thing about the, and I totally, I skipped over this, but this was a good one. And this just goes to back to people's hands being tied and calling shots. Um, there was a movie, uh, that was supposed to have been released, uh, starring Johnny Depp. Yes. I read that last night, man. Yeah. That is so fucked up. So Johnny Depp did a movie basically, uh, depicting, uh, you know, had crash officers, Rafael Perez, David Matt, and Kevin Gaines, uh, in this movie. Uh, and people were playing these characters. Uh, the, the movie City of Lies, and it was scheduled to be released on September 2018, but in July, the release date was canceled and the film was put on the shelf. Um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, they said that it was negative publicity on uh, Johnny Depp's legal issues, I guess with whatever his girlfriend was accusing him of beating her. The one that shit on the bed? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, she's a nice. She one. is a. She's she's a fucking crazy. You know he looks at. She's crazy. He looks at that whole rat. thing, and and there's probably one of his friends that's like no one knows about. Always looking at Johnny Depp, going, "I told you I that told bitch you. was crazy." Yeah, I told yeah. you. No, I guarantee you. I <laughs> guarantee you. There's one guy. But he. Uh, but but they they never they never allowed the film to be released. Uh, they um, in the states they they in, in, ended up canceling the film. Uh, but they did premiere it December the 18th, or December 8th, 2018, at the Noir Film Festival in Italy. It was well, they, not allowed to be shown in the United States. I think they finally released it late 2019 with no fanfare. They just really? Kinda, yeah, they just it's out it, there. Oh, I got it. I'm going to watch it then. I, I didn't know they put it, it out. Bad, but I can't, like, the link was broke. But that, but it just all goes back to um, they just it's they're, corruption, st- they're man. still covering it up. And, yeah. and what they did was, when I read that, I was like, man, that's so fucked up that they used johnny depp's personal, personal problem problems against him against him and put and that movie to keep away that movie away and then released it under it was released late 2019 well hell february hits march hits everybody's got the covid yeah and so nobody knew that this movie came out and city so it's kind of, of lies city of lies i want to watch movie. it bad and i didn't mean to interrupt you but that's you, okay no 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 but that that I, I read that last night and i was like are you fuck if if they can get to johnny depp I mean, they can get the, they can get, they can do whatever they want yeah. over there in 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 in, in, LA, in L.A. Compton, Long Beach. I mean, it's they're all tied. Inglewood, yeah, yeah, what's yeah, up? Yeah. Sorry. All right. So I the timeline. So it's my favorite. So I actually used to uh, listen to that with my earphones on and my little Walkman, hoping my dad wouldn't kick my door oh. in and stomp it in the dust because he wasn't down with the NWA. Rap. He was not down with NWA. So a buddy of mine who, if you met him, he's white as like white bread. But when we were in high school, he had NWA in his tape deck, and he forgot. Oh. And his daddy went out there to move his truck <laughs> to go to work one morning, and he is blasted by balls on the chin. Oh, no. Nice. Oh, man. He said, and I, but, buddy of mine said, is there a Christmas version of that? He said, uh, let us just say at six in the morning, you don't want your daddy manhandling you, asking you what the fuck's in your tape deck. <laughs> asking you about balls on the chin. Son. <laughs> Ain't a conversation I'm no. trying to have with my daddy. No. Not out of a dead sleep. No, no. What? No. what? <laughs> Nobody's balls have been on my chin, Dad. <laughs> All right, so the timeline will wrap this thing up. 
So the timeline starts March 18th, 1997. That's when Liga shoots gains. And we've gone over that. We kind of hit on uh, the bank robbery. That occurred November 6th of 1997. The station house beating occurred after that in February of 98. Fast forward a month later, March 27th of 98, is when they discover that six pounds of cocaine is missing and there's some Bisquick in its place. (laughs) (laughs) And then in May of 98, they decide, the LAPD decides, "Mm, we might want to start a task force. And they start looking into how some off-duty crash unit cops were working for security at Death Row Records. And at the time, the Chief Bernard Parks establishes this internal investigation task force. And then they later rename that the Rampart Corruption Task Force, and it's basically going after Perez. And they think, I guarantee you, Bernard Parks thought, We'll just get Perez. He'll take the fall. And Parks is like, no, you should have killed me. I'm going to sing. Yeah. And yep. it just, he tore the the lid off of it. And then you go into, so they create the task force in May. Well, in August, late August of 98, they finally arrest Perez. And he thinks when they arrest him, it's about the bank robbery. But it wasn't. It was about the six pounds of missing cocaine. You've done so much. You think you're being arrested for robbing a bank that you were not even a part of. You forgot of. about that six You forgot of about cocaine. stealing six pounds of cocaine. Oh Insanity. Dang. Yeah, how do you just. <laughs> yeah, well, see, a, I got a, that bank robbery thing I'm really a, worried about. What's a but lesser I wasn't there. Fear. He wasn't even there. Is <laughs> yeah, what I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. And you think you're getting pinched on a bank robbery and it doesn't dawn on you. Oh, uh, it might be that six pounds it of cocaine. Be, or it could be the person I raped in a ditch and yeah. shot a homeless guy and put a gun on him and yeah. accused him of doing oh, it. Oh, y'all mean that six pounds of Bisquick yeah. got found? <laughs> <laughs> when, yeah, when you got to look up like a third grader trying to solve a math problem to remember <laughs> what all yeah. you have done. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, so, so September wild. of 99 is when Perez cuts a deal and figures out that they're about to hang his butt. And it, and I think he knew that if he went to jail, he, he wasn't going to last long. No, he, they'd, they'd had somebody kill him. And so um, going back to the Ovando guy that they arrested, um, that son of a gun spent 23 years in jail. Ovando. Why? I don't know. I, I still, to this day, I have not... He was left paralyzed from the beating, another beating. Yeah. But they still stuck him in jail, prison. For those of you that don't know, there is a difference between There's jail and prison. There's a big difference. And for 23 years, man. And they said he assaulted two police officers, but he's they, paralyzed. And he's paralyzed. <laughs> like coughing up blood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, are you, what the hell? <laughs> Who's on this jury? <laughs> It's a bunch of white. He didn't people. know how many men it'd take to whoop his ass, but he knew how many they was going to use. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to Ovando's confession story, he finally eventually gets released. He doesn't serve the entire 23 years, but. Um, Probably shouldn't have been in there a day. No. September 21st of 99, there was a board of inquiry comprised of LAPD command staff to analyze the management failures and investigate corruption really you're going to investigate yourself now yeah yeah, yeah. well just put those on my desk i'll get to it later yeah not, i ain't looking at nothing we didn't find much yeah. so <laughs> yeah yeah this has been going on for god knows how long you don't even know about it until whitey shoots 
Kevin Gaines in 97. It's not until 99 that you decide to look at it at a board of inquiry. But anyway. Yeah, it, it's all, it all blows my mind, every single bit of it. Then after that, in March 3rd of 2000, they decide, the LAPD decides, maybe we should disband Crash. <laughs> Might be a good <laughs> idea. It's probably a good idea to get those criminals off the streets. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, the, and the gangbangers. Yeah. <laughs> and then April of 2000, the police commission formed an independent review panel. This panel include included... Attorneys, educators, business executives, and citizens, community uh, personnel. And they released a report in November of 2000 with 72 findings and 86 recommendations. It concluded that officers needed better and more supervision. Really? Boy, that was, it took you that long to figure that one out. It's crazy. Really smart people working yeah. that, mm-hmm. that whole situation out <laughs> over there. It, then it takes another six months to arrest Nino Durden for the beating of and shooting of Javier Abondo. So now we're going into this boy's been shot two years. He's sitting in prison, paralyzed. And then you decide, well, maybe we should look at that guy that shot him. And then here's one of those little things that make you go, hmm. Your aha moment. Yeah. They, the LAPD thinks, hey, we'll just get this uh, professor from the University of Southern California, to do an analysis of the Board of Inquiry. Well, he does, and he has no ties, and he finds that basically the whole lot, and he is crooked. Not just the head of the snake, the whole snake's crooked. And his name is Erwin Kemerinsky. I like it. And his report recommends that uh, they should do some more review and investigation into misconduct. Then September 19th of 2000, the feds, the Department of Justice, has to take over the entire LAPD. And the City Council of Los Angeles voted 10 to 2 to accept that. And they took them over for five years. It took them five years to clean that mess up. Five years. And that's what I just, I don't get it, man. I do not get it. But it says um, the Justice Department agreed not to pursue a civil rights lawsuit against the city. Los Angeles Mayor Richard Reardon and LAPD, LAPD Chief Bernard Parks initially opposed this, but backed down when it became clear that maybe their names were on some paper somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so then you go into... Uh, September of 2000, uh, Detective Russell Poole, and that's who Johnny Depp's character is based off of in uh, City of Lies. Um, he files a um, federal civil rights lawsuit against LAPD Chief Bernard Parks. And basically, I think Poole was one of the only ones in robbery homicide that wasn't crooked, that had a conscience. That's and, amazing. That guy didn't get killed. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's what I don't I, I don't know, but Park shuts down that whole thing. Um, the chief says, no, we're not investigating. Piss off. And uh, But I I want to say, and I'm not 100% correct, I think Russell Poole wound up getting killed. And that was another thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on this. I'll have to touch on Yeah, we'll in our next part, we'll make sure that we know whether or not that's true. But the other thing is, when I was watching that documentary last night, the people they interviewed, 
they all mysteriously passed away around 2005, 2006. Mm. All the gangbangers, all the former managers, all the uh, limo drivers, former cops. You're right. Sounds like coincidental to me, too. Big time. It has nothing to do with with anything that's going on. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, October 4th of 2000, they convict three cops. Oh, three. Out of 70. They're Mm. They're giving society a cookie. Yeah. The three guys they didn't like the most were the ones that was going to take the beat for it. Pretty yeah. much. Sergeant Edward Ortiz, Brian Liddy, Paul Harper, and Michael Buchanan, all of the crash unit, were tried on charges of perjury, fabricating arrests, and filing false police reports. Perez did not testify in that trial due to concerns about his credibility. Hmm. Hmm. They all pled not guilty. Imagine that. But they on in November of 2000, Ortiz, Liddy, and Buchanan were convicted of conspiracy to obstruct justice. Uh, and they, of course, have all filed appeals. Appeals and grievances. Yeah. So then you get to later in November, they have to settle Javier Ovando's civil suit. He, uh, he, he, he got paid. Yeah, he did. $15 million. Yeah. $15 million. I guarantee you, though, if you ask him, he'd, he'd give all him. that Walk. Yes, sir. I would yes, much sir. rather be able to walk. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, they also have to settle around that time 29 other civil suits that totaled $11 million. And basically, like we said at the beginning, all of this adds up to another 140 civil suits with an estimated $125 million price tag. Um, On top of cop salaries. After, they paid these guys to commit crimes. After Ovando gets his $15 million, he goes to Vegas and... Guess what, man? Four months later, he's arrested on drug trafficking charges. Mm. He can't get out of the game, man. Can't. I mean, mm. you can't get out of it. You really can't. I mean, you, people don't leave that lifestyle. Yeah. They don't leave it vertical. Nope. Nope. December of 2000, the, crop, the crash cop convictions are overturned. Superior Court Judge Jacqueline Connor overturned the convictions of Ortiz, Liddy, and Buckhannon and called the verdict unfair because in post-trial interviews, the jurors disclosed that they had determined guilt based on reporting issues not raised in the trial. So you, you're going to let these fuckers out on a technicality. And so then they arrest three more different ones, Ethan Cohen, Manuel Chavez, and Sean Gomez, and they are arrested on assaulting gang members and filing false police reports. Chavez and Gomez is like, to hell with it, we'll plea out. The other guy's like, mm-mm, no, send me, get yeah. me some some. FaceTime. Yeah. Finally, in March of 2001, Perez, his partner, Nito Durden, cut a deal. And he's in, I think he was in prison for seven to eight years. He's out now. Um, And then Perez gets out in July of 2001. So in 97, he served, what, four years? Mm -hmm. Four fucking years. For all that shit. All that shit. And that stuff that they just know about. You know he's got stuff... Well, I mean, yeah. if you if you look at it, I mean, if if you watch mafia movies or you read about monsters, they people get they get pinched, they get put in jail, and what's the thing? It's like, do your time, stay quiet, don't say anything, get out, and they'll take care of you. And that's all these guys are doing the same thing. They're they they all they know the bigger fish to fry, but not anybody's going to mention any of those names because yeah. they're being taken care of. There's that's why they're serving such small jail sentences. Um, I mean, it's. Well, he was smart. When he got out, he left um, 
My ass would be in Switzerland. He left the state. That's all it said. It said he left state of California. Yeah. So there's no telling. He, I did hear on a podcast, and I that's was one thing I was going to say. Um, there's a podcast out there that kind of the first couple of episodes dives pretty deep into the, some of this stuff. Um, but they, I was listening to it. They said he's been shopping. He's back in California shopping his story as a TV drama. Oh, of course. He's trying to make some money off of it. Shit, is that what I'd watch dead. it? Yeah. I would too. I'd watch I'm the shit out of it. I'm fascinated by all of it. But so. yeah, you're right. He'd be dead. Yeah. It's uh called the dossier, and uh, it goes into basically kind of our train of thought. They kind of hit rampart, then they kind of go into the death row and some mm-hmm. other stuff. So uh, it's good stuff, man. It's a lot of phone interviews. So if you don't like podcasts with phone interviews, don't listen to it. Yeah. But the the episodes mm-hmm. are about thirty to forty minutes long, and I mean, perfect. So. Okay. Well, gentlemen, we're definitely going to dig into this thing. Next, next thing up, we're going to get into how Rampart and Crash, uh, Crash Unit was involved with Death Row Records, and then which we all know, um, Death Row Records, uh, you know, Suge had control of, of of the um, of the rap game over on the West Coast. So, and how that bled over into to a rival, you know, East mm-hmm. Coast gangs and East Coast musicians and. People ended up dead. Yeah. And then Vanilla Ice ended up, you know, <laughs> hanging off a balcony. Yeah, he did. Yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> talk about that, too. So, yeah. You will sell me Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, I appreciate it. It's been a good one. And uh, let's do another one soon. Rob, yes, thank you so much, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Everybody be safe. Have a good day. And uh, go watch Training Day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>